Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. my goodness, I am so excited to announce that of merch, it is my 90s fantasy. And I just have to say thank you to my friend, dear, dear friend, Lara, who is the second guest ever of my podcast. We just celebrated one year of the podcast. We now have a lovely website. She helped me help computer. Uh, and uh, so if you want to live your 90s fantasy, we've got mugs, we've got blankets, we've got fanny packs. We're, we're working on a denim jacket. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. So go to please don't kick me slash shop and buy some merch, y'all. Hey, listeners, as the world is starting to resume this new normal, ooh, I hate that I'm even saying that. Um, unfortunately, something that you guys know I love, it's very near and dear to my heart it's coming to a close, which is of course Drag Bingo with Charlie Hydes. As the world's becoming vaccinated and we are slowly moving into less restrictions, Charlie has decided to conclude Bingo. Um, And as sad as it is, and as much as I'm going to miss it, I'm so excited for Charlie to get back out there and be an entertainer in the real world face-to-face. However, I have two interviews I've been sitting on. And so for the next two weeks, you're going to hear two different perspectives of Bingo Bunch regulars. In the past, I've interviewed Gregory Arlts, and I've also interviewed Seth Dolan, and those were really exciting episodes as well as well as Charlie themselves. So I'm going to be sharing these two episodes, and just know that it's my tribute and my thank you to you, Charlie, and thank you so much for connecting me. And I love the Bingo Bunch, and you will always be part of me. Hey, how's it going? Fantastic. How are you? I'm doing all right. I am happy. It is halfway through another week. It's a hump day at the time of recording this. Um, and it means that we're closer to bingo, you know? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Only four more days. Yes. Is it, it, am I the only one? I'm sure I'm not the only one. I feel like I'm, I, I set my week by by bingo every no, Sunday. No, you're not. It's it's Sunday all Sunday is darker <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So of course my listeners, you know, thank you for tuning in. This is of course please don't kick me out a podcast about imposter syndrome and the lovely voice you're hearing on the other end is Dylan Michael. Now Dylan, would you like to give your elevator pitch, who you are, what you do, etc. Sure. Um so I am a former pop star turned fitness professional. Um, I started my, my long journey, um, way back when I was a kid, I was a performer in theater and band and all this sort of thing. Um, I grew up in a really small town. Uh, and when I moved up to Atlanta, moved to the big city, I decided to pursue music, uh, full-time. I, you know, in, in eight years, I released three albums. I toured the country. I played well over 50 different pride gigs um and then i the last like three years of of my my musical life 
I started working out and getting more into the into the fitness world. And it was totally something that was scary at first. Like, you know, the gym is a monster mm-hmm. to, to people. Um, and, and I was one of those people. And I was lucky enough that I, you know, fell into the arms of some really, really good supportive people. And I, I just kept, kept working out and, and diving deeper into that world. Um, and then it turned into me starting to train people or just like train, you know, I would, I would drag my friends to the gym with me and make them work out. And one day, one of my friends after working out was like, why don't you just do this for a, like a, a career? And that was a total light bulb moment. Something that I had never thought of previously. I was just like, huh, I could do this for a living. I get to yell at people. I get to tell them what to do. They listen and they pay me money. Come on, what's what's better? What's better than that? But yeah. uh, all, all jokes aside, I, I really enjoy the, the helping aspect of, of uh, of being a coach mm-hmm. or a trainer, whatever you want to call it. Um, I get to see people, see their goals come to fruition, you know, and it, it makes me so happy when somebody is like, I, I put on a shirt from a year ago and it, it fits better, mm-hmm. or I feel like I'm standing taller. I'm a little more confident. I hold my chin up a little, a little higher. Those are the things that make what I do as a trainer, totally worthwhile. I love that. Um, and uh, to, my, to my listeners, uh, if you're wondering how I met this lovely, gorgeous human with a roller coaster, but beautiful roller coaster journey, are you, I didn't, you didn't write down that you're a former pop star, but we'll get there. We'll get into it. I've got questions. I'm not, okay. <laughs> I, well, my, my inner like boy band obsessed, like starved person has so many questions, but um I love your journey. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of this podcast. Thank you for reaching out to me um, through the bingo bunch to be part of it. Um, But yes, we're beating a dead horse at this point. I've now had quite a few bingo bunch regulars. Um, You might ask, what is the bingo bunch? Um, It is every Sunday. uh, It is called Isolation Bingo with Charlie Hydes. Charlie Hydes was a queen on season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, If you blinked, you missed her, that's her joke. But uh, she's a lovely, lovely, lovely person that takes care of us and we've created a community from it. And there's so many cool people with so many different stories that play each week virtually. Um, And if you want tickets, you wanna check it out, you wanna know what we're talking about, you can go to dragqueen.bingo and uh, that's enough, we'll move on. So, (laughs) um, I'm happy to have you here, it's nice to see you like on a bigger screen because usually you're peanut sized with your with your partners so I just I I, it's nice to just like virtually meet you like actually more in person if that makes sense absolutely it's a little more intimate just the the one-on-one zoom rather than 150 (laughs) people yeah yeah and um so I mean I love I love this like journey of like you know learning that you want to help others and stuff and and that's something that I've found in my career has always been more rewarding and things that make me happier is like helping people kind of in whatever way I can. I think of myself as a, you know, unpaid therapist now with this podcast, but, mm-hmm. um, 
<laughs> but it's, it's nice to like meet other people who really enjoy what they're doing. Um, and so I'm glad that you found a career and a passion that um, works for you. And gosh, like if we had lived closer and I was still as out of shape as I was, you would be my trainer 100% because I'm very much motivated by men who are not sexually attracted to me. And hey, they, <laughs> that's, that, that's a perfect match. Mm -hmm. So let's hop into, um, you know, the questions here. We'll start with sure. the first one. And it, that is, do you feel like you have it all figured out? Oh, and the answer to that question is going to be a loud resounding no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, you know, I'm, I'm 32 uh, and I felt like I had it all figured out when I started delving into the music thing and making that the mm -hmm. the career focus at the time um and you know i i put 120 percent of my being into whatever i'm doing whether it's music whether it's training um and you know i did the music thing for so long and then out of nowhere this this fitness life kind of popped up and it made me sort of reevaluate everything that I had already, you know, quote, figured out. Mm -hmm. um, and so, no, I don't have it all figured out. I'm still in the process of figuring out what it means to be a part of this world, yeah. uh, a part of the, the fitness world, a part, you know, uh, what it means to be a trainer, what it means to be a coach, uh, what it means to be a motivator, both externally and to myself. You know, I, I, I have this joke that, you know, I'm, I'm my own worst coach when it comes to things. I can yell at people all day and by yell, you know, I mean, support. And then, you know, I, I can coach people to be their best selves all day. I, I, my mantra is to be stronger than your excuses. So, you know, if, if a client's like, mm, not really feeling it today, it's like, well, do you want that excuse to be the louder voice or do you want that positive voice to be the one that is the loudest in your head? Uh, and when it comes to coaching myself, all bets are off. <laughs> it just does not work. Um, I'm working on it, however. So I'm still trying to figure out I guess a, a couple of things, you know, where I stand in this world, how to be a better coach for myself and how to just, you know, how to be a better person overall. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that your answer, because I think we always need to be like looking and it's, first of all, if someone ever said, Oh, I got it all figured out. I'd be like, uh Oh, I think you're in the wrong lies. lies in like, that's, that's yeah. That's lies of Manelli for sure. Um, but I, I think, if we're not continually trying to be better and trying mm -hmm. to like figure ourselves out and kind of figure out like, okay, like, you know, you're, you're in yours at your example is I'm in, in this fitness world. What, you know, how do I, how do I be better? How do, how can I better advocate for my clients for your, how do I, how can I be a better coach to myself? For me, it's like, how can I be a better podcaster? How can I do this? How can I do that better? Um, so I'm always trying to like move, shake and change as well. And I think that that is right. normal. And I, I don't really jive with people who aren't, don't have that hustle and that innate drive to just be a good person and to continue to right. like do good things and bring good into the world. 
absolutely. And might, might I say, you are already a very good podcaster. Oh, thank you. So we're, if, if you improve, you're just making a great thing even better. I'm a one-man band. It's just me. It's just me. <laughs> if you hear my dog squeak a toy, sorry, I don't have a recording. Oh. I, I could, I could probably put sound stuff up oh, here, but I, I, just, he, I know he's cute. You, he can't help it. So, um, before we hop into the the question of imposter syndrome, walk me through this pop career. Okay. <laughs> um, so I I was a theater kid. I was a band nerd. Um, I was an incredibly like awkward kid as you know, as we all are. Um, and I grew up the fourth of four. Mm -hmm. uh, I have two older brothers and an older sister and the three older kids were typically the, the focus of my parents' attention uh, and not for the best of reasons. Mm -hmm. So I found that performing, that being this personality, uh, putting on shows and, and musical numbers. Uh, I, I, the earliest thing that I can remember is I was like probably six or seven and I sat my entire family down. I was wearing like a black shirt, some black pants and I drew whiskers on my face and I performed Memory from Cats. <laughs> and afterwards my dad was like, hey, um, you know that's a woman singing, right? And I was like, I don't care, Dad. I like the song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I was always this kind of performer, you know, over the top, because that's that's essentially what got my parents' attention, and it diverted that attention from the negative things that were happening within my within my household mm -hmm. to the more positive things. Um, and so that followed me well into high school. High school, I did just drama, 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 as much as I could after school, you know, one act play competitions, all of it. Um, then I went to college for theater and that lasted about a year and a half. Um, in my freshman year of college, I met a girl who was in her first semester of her sophomore year. Mm -hmm. and she was a theater major and we, you know, we were just talking, whatever. And she told me that she was going to leave at the end of the semester because her true passion wasn't necessarily in acting in theater. It was in the music side of theater, the, you know, like the musicals. Mm -hmm. And I remember asking her, why don't, you know, why don't you just go over to the, the music, like vocal department. Why don't you just sing there? She, she looked at me dead in the eyes and said, because they don't have a degree for rock star. <laughs> and something about mm. that just stuck into my head. And so I spent a year, uh, sorry, a year and a half. And at the beginning of my sophomore year, something just wasn't right. Something just wasn't clicking. Um, and you know, after after some soul searching and that little voice in the back of my head saying, there's no degree for rock star. I, just, I made the decision to leave college, but stay in college kids, if you're listening. Uh, I made the decision to leave college and move up to Atlanta and pursue music full time. I met an amazing producer named D Cox. He is uh, 
He's actually one of the guys that helped produce and engineer Toxic by Britney Spears. Oh, star stars. I was like, <laughs> right. I was like, come on, one degree of separation from Britney. Um, and this was 2009, right as Gaga was, you know, blowing up. So I, I went down this kind of electronic dance pop sort of route. Um, I like all kinds of music, but that was at the time the music that kind of spoke to me because same. I'm, I'm your same age, actually. <laughs> <laughs> everybody likes to dance, mm -hmm. or I guess I shouldn't say everybody. Most everybody Most likes yeah. to dance. They like to feel free when 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 they're dancing, and so it's like I wanted to create music that made people want to feel free, made them right. want to dance, made them want to feel happy. Um, and that was, I, I stuck with that route for about five years. And then the last three years, uh, I put together a band because um, I was just like you, I was a one man band. It was, you know, drive up to a pride gig, hand them my CD, hand me a mic and I was good to go. And mm -hmm. They did one show where I, I got a live band. We, you know, rearranged the songs to fit a live band setting. And that energy from having other people on the stage, there was no denying it. And so it, it was just, just this natural thought progression, like, okay, I have to have a band. I have to. Uh, and so I put together this band. It was called Dylan, Michael, and the Family. Uh, because we were, I didn't want to lose essentially the brand of Dylan Michael that I had built up. I just wanted to add on to it. So that's why they became the family. Um, you know, it, family in, in, a, in the gay world is, is different. Uh, we, you know, we have biological family and then we have chosen family. We have mm -hmm. people that we choose to surround ourselves with. Yep. And I happened to find five of not only the most talented musicians that Atlanta had to offer, but five of the most genuine people that I could have ever fallen into. Um, and we did, I mean, we hit the ground running. You know, we, we toured, we played all... I think we played a total of 130 shows in three years, which <clears throat> doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot. You know, for when, three years, it's a lot. When 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 you're balancing six people's schedules and, and you know people have full time jobs. One of them was a teacher. It, I was I was proud of the accomplishments that we we uh, that we were able to put together. Um, but just like with any good thing, there was a moment where it was, you know, it just not fell apart, but it, people, things changed and, uh, you know, co like commitments became more. Mm -hmm. the, the girl that was the, the full-time teacher was like, I can't do this anymore. The drummer, uh, you know, she had to move to Florida. So it, it was just this natural sort of like, okay, thank you so much. Let's just move on. 
yeah. you know it, it, it was it was one of two outcomes I could have pitched a fit and cried and screamed and cursed them all to hell for whatever or just been supportive of it and said all right awesome have fun in Florida yeah and <laughs> so I chose option number two um but yeah in in the thing that I liked about the music thing is that there was such a, fulf a fulfillment from being on stage. Any performer knows what I'm talking about. Like when you're on stage, you're so high, you're just so elated. You know, you've got people just doting on you afterwards who, who were just singing your praises. Uh, you know, people who want autographs and you're like, what? I, I, I work at Publix. Why do you want my autograph? <laughs> uh, and I also found it incredibly selfish at the same time. <clears throat> because as soon as I stepped off the stage and I no longer had that, that elation, it was, okay, where can I get more? Mm -hmm. And so it almost became, I don't want to use the word toxic, but when, I guess, horrible, horrible correlation, but, you know, a drug addict is on something for so long and they're high, they're elated, they're up in the heavens for weeks on end, and then they run out and then it's <clears throat> just hit the ground. And it's kind of, you know, you're just like fiending for the next thing. Uh, and then it stirs up all these questions. Like, why am I not getting more attention? Why is this person getting attention and I'm not? What are they doing that I'm not? And that's obviously not a healthy mentality to live in. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was, that was the music thing. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. I learned a lot. I learned how to... Uh, I learned how to manage a business. I learned how to not manage a business uh, because just with everything, you can take the negatives and the positives and apply them to the next venture. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I love this story. I was a rave kid. So I, would, I went to like all the festivals and stuff. I, I, you know, I feel embarrassed even like mentioning that I never did that because I am so different now than like that kid that was like at EDC in 2011. I was like, woo. Um, but no, I was uh, definitely into dance music um, because yes. that's the way my brain worked in college. And because you'd stay up late studying, listening to caffeine, and the only thing that could keep you going is a trance beat. Like, hey, okay, right, I got it. Right. Um, but I love your story and your journey. And another thing that I like that you just said is, you know, it, is all the you know like things that it taught you like it's not a failure it's just it taught you you basically you, you, I'm sure you took everything that you learned from it and then are now applying it to your coaching and your business yeah. because like like when I went out on my own for my own business I didn't do well but I also learned a lot from it and I think if you're learning from things and then applying them later in life like that makes you a really well-rounded and unique person. Um, and so I, I love that story and I'm glad that you are now in, in a, something that feels, it fits. It fits yeah. and it's sustainable um, and it doesn't like, you know, make you depressed and then high like a roller coaster all the time. 
Um, and not similarly, but um, I, I, because my husband's deployed, I don't, and also it's a, you know, it's a panini. I don't, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I drag bingo was something I did alone. And it sometimes was the only time I would see people during the week. Like, mm-hmm. because, because everyone got busy, they didn't want to like be safe anymore. And like, they didn't want to zoom anymore, like during the summer. Right. So, was, and then my husband would be gone. So finding drag bingo. And then now I've got friends that are vaccinated or, you know, teachers, or when they don't really leave their house and their spouses are missing, they'll come and they kind of slot through. It's usually Carissa or Ashley. And now my friend Rianne. And um, when they leave at night and it's the only human interaction I've had all week, I, Mondays are, I'm so depressed on Mondays. Like, it's like, I had this like amazing day and I like felt normal again and then it went away. And so I can kind of feel like I, it's almost like I need that human interaction, that fix. So like that's led me to finding all of these other virtual shows that I do. So now I do a bingo game on Mondays Mm -hmm. um, with Miss, Miss, excuse me, with, with that. I can't talk with Miss Richfield. um, She does a, a live bingo. And it's, and it's free and it's it, okay. it's just a, it's a who I was actually a guest at the time of recording this previous Monday this last Monday right here um and and then on Wednesdays I do this thing called caption that which is a drag queen game uh, you can go to dragqueengameshow.com and um it's free and or ten dollars if you're in Wilton, well excuse me Wilton Manors Florida um but I do that and now I've like made community there. And so it's like, kind of like I've been finding th- ways to get through my week. Cause it was just like, I would just be so sad all the way to bingo. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not seeing anyone. Um, and I do see people like, like people face, like I FaceTime at night and, and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not the same. Um, and so I realized kind of like you, it's like, this isn't healthy. Like that is something else. So uh, podcasting also helps me get through it too. Um, but I can kind of relate to that feeling of just like this, oh, like now what? Um, right. It's like as yeah. people need interaction, you know, we, we, we thrive off of, off of touch, off mm-hmm. of conversation, off of a hug. Mm-hmm. Like when's the last time you had a good hug? Me? You know oh God, I mean? never. It's, been- <laughs> it's probably been <laughs> since my husband, I dropped my husband off. I was like, right. Dropped him off the pier. Bye. <laughs> right. uh, um, no, I've had good hugs. I've had good friends, you know, from fr- fr- friends, but it's not the same as like a partner, of course. No. It, well, it's like, you know, going to think about like pride festivals. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, they're just so joyous and everybody feels jovial and, and wants to, yeah. to just, you know, because it's such a big love fest. Essentially, everybody wants to love on everybody. There's the people that have the shirts that say free hugs. Mm-hmm. And you just run up to a stranger and you give them a hug. And that's not something that we've been able to do since a year ago. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's, thank, I mean, thank God for, for Charlie and for yeah. doing the video and not only introducing me to, to you, to Greg and, excuse me, Gregory. I always do. I, I love him Gregory. to death, but I've, I've caught myself and then I'm like, <laughs> he's going to come out with a paddle and spank me. Like, I know it. Um, but, I mean, bingo really has been sort of a godsend uh, for my, my social life. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. you know, gyms shut down. <clears throat> yeah. And people weren't, the idea of, of personal training was not even a mm-hmm. thing yeah. for, for, for months. Um. 
I'm still waiting on somebody to do drag queen karaoke. So if you know anybody. How would we, how, okay. You know what? I can pitch this to Chris Caputo, my friend. Um, I will pitch it to him and let's figure out how we can do it and make it interactive. That would be so much fun. Okay. Okay. Coining it. No one steal this. It's Dylan's idea. Copyright it. Copyright it. Copywriting it. Copywriting eight tail pups. <laughs> um, but let's go into this. Um, let's go into the question, the big elephant in the room in, in hand, which is, of course, imposter syndrome. So I'm just going to ask the question verbatim. Do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome? In what ways and what does imposter syndrome mean to you? Um, so do I feel like I fit in? Um, hmm. I'm going to say no. However, no matter what I do, I always make a space for myself. Mm. So mm-hmm. any job that I've had, uh, you know, the, the earliest job I can remember is waiting tables at a pizza place. And I was the first male waiter that they had ever hired. Up until me, they only hired uh, females to be the servers. And so I was, you know, the first of that. Um, and I sort of, uh, I'm the single guy among 20 girls. And it's like, hmm, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> and instead of harping on the fact that, oh, you know, maybe I don't quite fit in. It was just like, let's lean into this. I'm a completely different feel or taste than everybody else here. So somebody is going to, to relate to that, to, you know, to cling to that sort of different Mm -hmm. aspect, just lean into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Even, you know, growing up a, a, a obviously gay child, same thing. It wasn't, oh, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that. No, no, let's throw on some goddamn cat whiskers and perform memories remember cats because i just why not why not just lean into it if something makes you different it just make that a thing you know don't the, the, yes like, it's don't don't try to hide anything yeah because uh, i mean we are who we are we were dealt the cards we've been dealt we got the personality that we get, we get the body that we get, and that's the only thing that we get. We, you know, you, I always tell my clients, um, when it comes to changing our physical bodies, we can't change a, a Cadillac into a Buick, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Right. All we can do is take that Cadillac and enhance the shit out of it. Yeah. Make, the best Cadillac that anybody has ever seen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Cadillacs and Buicks are the same cars. <laughs> I don't know these things. Uh, but yeah, it's going back to the question of imposter syndrome. I think that that's always sort of a, a thought that pops mm-hmm. up when you come into a new situation. Um, it's, it's something that I still deal with on on pretty normal basis. Uh, I've been training for well over a year and a half now. And there are still times where I'm like, 
I, I tell somebody to do something or I'll explain, you know, the mechanics behind a movement and then think to myself, this person thinks I'm full of shit. They don't <laughs> think I know what I'm talking about. And then it's, it's once again, it's that little voice, that little voice is saying, you don't know what you're talking about. But that louder voice has to say, no, no, you know what you're talking about. You've been doing this. So it's, I guess at, at the core of things, it's about recognizing what voice that imposter has and then shutting it down with the more positive, mm -hmm. reinforcing, uh, stronger voice. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a great answer. Um, I love that you've always leaned into like what makes you you because I'm only just recently learning that. Like, I think like, I think, but it's, I think, it's, I think this happens to everyone, but especially girls, like we're just so competitive with one another constantly, yeah. like, you know, growing up and then going to college and then, and then it's a rat race because everyone wants to get married, especially, especially uh -huh. heterosexual women, you know? So um, I felt like I was always having to change parts of myself to get the job or keep the job or this, that, and the other. And it, right. it didn't serve me. I mean, I have had a really interesting career, but what makes me me is what makes me so different than so many people. I've had, uh, I had a guest on here um, that uh, this will release after, um, but he's an actor. He's grown up actor, comedian. I was just on his podcast, Childlike at Best, and um, he was on mine. And he asked me point blank, he was like, is there a reason you like weren't an actor or like didn't go into comedy? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, he's like, no, he was like, I just, I just kind of, you're like the perfect fit for it. Like, why didn't you ever do that? And it, the thing is, is that I was in my own way. I mean, like you, children don't inherently learn things. They're told things, right? Yeah. So you don't, you don't know something you're doing is shameful or wrong according to whatever, whatever society is going to tell you until they tell you no. And then you have to wear that like a cloak of shame. So it's like, but you have the choice not to. And of course, these are things I didn't, you don't realize at the time. I think we've made so much progressive change in the last like five or so years, at least in my circles of like what's going on, what's happening in the world, um, you know, mm -hmm. not following the norm. This isn't right. This isn't okay. Let's change it. Um, and I think that, you know, for me, realizing that it, isn't a bad thing. If I'm myself and the company doesn't want to hire me, if I'm myself and a person doesn't want to be my friend, if I'm myself and like my, and a guy doesn't want to date me, that it, that's because my, I'm not for them and that's okay. Yeah. And you know what? I have so many, I remember Charlie Hydes did something for my anniversary. Um, my husband did a private drag thing and I had a, I had, I, I gave away all of my tickets. There was like not a single one, like he gives you up to 300 cards. And I had almost given away 300 cards. Like that is how many acquaintances, pe people in my life that like wanted mm -hmm. to be part of it. And mm -hmm. when I look back, it's like, I have this magnetic, what makes me a superhero in myself and what makes me unique and things I'm learning. Learning to love myself is hard, of course, but yes. as I'm meeting her, as I'm meeting Bianca now, I'm realizing that like, I have this just magnetic personality that like no one else can do what I do. No. And no one can take that away from me. And I feel, I'm glad I, I learned now that it's okay to be me, but I'm, I feel sad for all of the time I wasted not doing that. Right. Well, it's, <clears throat> I would, I mean, if I can give you just a little mm -hmm. piece of advice, don't feel sad about it. Like yeah. take 
the take the experience and then apply it to the rest of your life because you are this magnetic personality you i mean from the first time i saw you at, at bingo i was like oh she is kooky and i like that <laughs> <laughs> what clued you in there <laughs> <laughs> hmm but, you know it's it's uh there's this old old saying you know those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter yep and it's it's very that you know it's we can sit here and harp on the small things like oh somebody said my hair is stupid oh man or i mean tease that bitch out even more <laughs> you know like i grew up with uh i don't know if you've ever seen the movie napoleon <laughs> dynamite yes but i grew up and i had incredibly curly hair Ooh. i had braces glasses bad skin everything that a a teenager could have the good lord was just like you know what here you go baby you can handle it whiskers <laughs> um, on same memory <laughs> yeah so i grew up looking like napoleon dynamite and that was uh at the time a harder thing to deal with then it like looking back at it, it's like, oh man, if I could look like that now, I would lean into it so hard. Yeah. But it's what it's what you said, you know, we're as kids, we are taught what is shameful. And so you know, kids are also assholes. Oh so yes. I'm not I'm not having any, by the way. Ever. Oh, thank God, me neither. Um <laughs> they would be really cool if I had them, but no, then that's not keep trying to get pregnant and I can't quite get it. <laughs> no, but, no. Yeah. My husband's getting a vasectomy on this deployment. Yes. Ooh. Dual income, no kids forever. Okay. Anyway, does yes. Know about this vasectomy. D does he know about it? Yeah. He scheduled it. He's the only person that it doesn't have children. That's like fully like, all right, let's do it. Love it. I love it. I love that for you. Um, but no, it's, it's, I, I was told growing up, that I was unattractive, that I was ugly, that I looked like this, that it looked like this. And it was, uh, you know, it's, it's hindsight's always 2020. And I mm -hmm. wish that I could at 32 have a conversation with my 15 year old self to just sit him down and be like, listen, those assholes, they've already peaked. Trust me. When they're 32 and you're 32, you're going to look a hell of a lot better than they ever did. Because everybody, you know, we all we all know, knew those people in high school who were just beautiful and perfect by the time that they were 17. And then you see them now on, on social media and it's like, oh. <laughs> oh yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. And I, I, I always have this theory and I'm, you know, uh, that, that you gotta like kind of move to change, yes. like, like yes. physically move. Like yes. me, I like, I lived in Denver, which was like far away from where I went to high school, um, by like 45 minutes. People are like, I could mm -hmm. never do that. The city's so big. It's scary. I'm like, it's not, but okay. Um, and, uh, and, but then I moved to San Diego and I feel like that was like when the biggest change happened. Cause it was like uh -huh. a full move, my entire life uprooted. And so I, I think I was like on my path to like 
have that change in that, in that, and like, and like, you know, self-love and appreciation and all of that. But mm-hmm. it, it didn't, it wasn't until like, honestly, it wasn't until we moved here that like, really, I was like, I'm just gonna be myself and see what happens. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this is actually, I'm actually happier now, huh? Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're being your authentic, mm-hmm. true self. Yeah. And, and I think people, yeah. sorry, uh, people can recognize when you're, when you're being authentic mm-hmm. and that is what is magnetizing to people, right. <clears throat> yeah. you know, and, not putting on a charade or yeah. this, this air of what you think people want to see. Uh, you know, I, I, I paint my fingernails. That's, that's one of the ways that I express myself. I, I just, I like the way it looks and I could give two shits if anybody else doesn't like it. You know, I, <laughs> if somebody has something negative to say about it, guess what? They don't have to paint my fingernails. <laughs> I do. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's about, yeah. it's about uh, just essentially just doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. If it's not harming anybody, paint your fingernails, put on some eyeshadow, wear, wear a, a sequence, who, who cares? Just express yourself in the purest way possible. I love that. I love that. So let's talk about success now. Um, yes. What does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? So success, um, hmm. I think success is an ever-changing goal. I don't think that I, I have or will ever reach my, my definition of successful. Um, I'm such a large picture kind of guy that, you know, it's like, I want to open up, you know, in five years, I want to open up my own gym in 15 years. I want to have, you know, five gyms in 20 years. I want to have a, a franchise and like those, those are totally things that are feasible, that are, are attainable. Uh, what I do for myself, and this is just to keep momentum behind what I'm doing, is I constantly move that line, that, that finish line down the road. So in, you know, right now the, the finish line is in five years to open my own gym. Mm-hmm. Once that is open, that finish line moves. Yeah. And then it's in 10 years, I want blank. Once I get to there, move that finish line. In 10 years, I want this. Um, And so I think success is an ever-changing, ever-evolving sort of thing, for lack of a better word. Um, And I think I do feel successful in what I do. Um, I have, you know, I've only been doing the the training thing officially for a little under two years. Um, And I have managed to to make, I I would say make an impact in people's lives. And that would be, I guess, a second definition of success is making sure that, that whatever I do has a positive impact in someone's life. Yeah. I start every one of my training sessions by asking my clients how they feel, how are things going, just 
because our our mental state affects how our body and our you know our body acts mm-hmm. so if we're not quite in the best headspace then that that workout isn't going to be as good or or as fruitful as it could be uh and i have this one client i've been training him for a couple of months now and he's super super nice guy he's a doctor so he's always you know he's been vaccine vaccinated he's around covid he works in the icu unit so he has a pretty high stress job every time i ask him how he is he talks about you know some new patient or whatever uh, a couple of weeks ago i posed the same question to him before one of our sessions hey how are you doing and he said you know what i feel good that's good i feel like standing taller I feel like I'm holding my shoulders back. I feel more confident in that I'm able to look at people and not feel less than. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you that was just a punch to the gut in the best way, he said that and I was just like, hold on a second. I need to go to the bathroom and cry. <laughs> Cause it was, it, it's the ultimate, uh, it's, it's, it's why I got into the field that I'm in for moments like that. You know, uh, I work with a, a lady, she's 64. Um, and to see her progress in her journey, you know, when we started, she was lifting five pounds. Now she's lifting 25. It's like, that is so exciting to me. And I'm sure to some people it sounds mundane, but it's it's the sheer fact that I'm I'm watching people better themselves, yeah. and that I have the tiniest tiniest role in that that mission of being better. Yeah. So, I love that. I oh, that makes me so happy. Um, I believe we've addressed the elephant in the room, so we can say yeah. sashay away, Shante, you stay. Um, so this goes on to things we're fanatical about and unpopular opinions we may have. So um, what is one or a few things you're fanatical about and why? I'll go first. Boy, do I love Rosé on this season of Drag Race. I don't know what it is, but I am so <laughs> attracted to her in drag and out of drag. Out I, of drag is oh such a my- Gosh, yes, the eyebrows, the hair, the squattishness. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. So um, I'm really just fanatical about just RuPaul's Drag Race being on and the UK Drag Race. I feel like I'm being spoiled right now. I feel feel like, like, you know, like when you got off the stage and you you need more, I'm going to be real sad when it goes away. What am I going to have to do? Like watch old episodes? I guess I will. We've got got Spain, we've got Australia. Yes, okay. Canada too, we've got uh holland to girl that's true there's gonna be drag race on all year long yeah yeah yeah. i'm excited about it all right what are you fanatical about take it away uh fanatical (sighs) divas pop divas Mm -hmm. would be the one thing that i am just like gaga over (laughs) no pun intended um so i am currently working on a sleeve of tattoos uh dedicated to all of my favorite pop divas so if i had to choose one one ultimate diva the the one above all else it would be the original american idol kelly clarkson i'm at a loss for words when it comes to talking about her 
I, yeah, I love her. Um, she, she's, she's the one that I, I was 12 or 13 when she mm -hmm. won American Idol. Mm -hmm. I remember I didn't watch the, uh, the show, like the competition part, but I remember watching the finale at my best friend's house mm -hmm. and seeing her win and seeing the, the choir come up behind her and the fireworks and everybody's crying. I just lost it and was just crying in the middle of this living room. Like, I want to be her one day. Uh. <laughs> Ever since then, I've followed her and just, I love everything that she does, everything that she stands for. Um, you know, her, her talk show is fantastic. She's one of those true to life personalities. Like, yeah. I feel like if you met her in a Target somewhere, she would be Kelly Clarkson. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, you know, it's, there, there are other divas in my life. Uh, obviously Lady Gaga, uh, Amy Winehouse, Di Diana Ross. Mm -hmm. Diana Ross was actually the last concert I got to see before oh, COVID. So lucky. I, I got to see her March 1st of last year. And then two weeks later, everything shut down. Um, let's see who else I've got Paloma Faith. If you've ever heard of her, if you haven't, please, for the love of God, look her up. She is British and just incredible. Um, Dolly Parton, Cher, uh, Destiny's Child, the Spice Girls. Like there's so many kind of the, these pop diva personalities that essentially helped form my personality. You know, I, I talked earlier about leaning into things and I think about the Spice Girls, uh, Scary Spice, for example. She was just as wild and crazy and had the hair and all that. And she just leaned into that character as hard as she possibly could and was just bombastic and over the top and just fun, I guess. Um, so, I mean, I could talk about this all day. Uh, Pop divas would be my answer for what I am fanatical about. I love that. Um, I love that Kelly Clarkson is so relatable. Have you done her? Have you been in her virtual audience for her talk show? Okay, so I did it once, mm -hmm. and it was for her first Christmas show. Okay. It was it was cute. You know, she she had Garth Brooks on, and then she did this little segment after of like, these are all my favorite holiday gifts. And then she pulled an Oprah and was like, and everybody's getting one. And so it's like, I got an air fryer. I got a massage gun. Oh my I got gosh. Okay. Girl, when I tell you it was like a $1,500 prize package. That's amazing. I Thank got, you, well, I got, Clark. Yeah. I got $500 from Drew Barrymore and it was her Christmas special. I, oh, I saw you on that. Yeah, I um I cried because I was like, what's happening? But I was the only one they pulled on the screen. You know what? I will say that's really cool that they're doing these virtual things. Okay, I'm gonna have to join the Kelly Clarkson show and see what she gives me. I have that personality. I get cast onto things because and I, and my friend Mike says it's because I because he's an actor. He says it's because I have like a a, a normal people face. Like, like the people will be okay with me winning something because they're like, we can't be mad at it. She's like, she's normal. Right. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But yeah, I love Kelly Clarkson. I, I love all of her music. She's amazing. Um, but um, 
and divas. I love Cher. I was supposed to see Cher, but she had COVID, so she had to cancel. And that was around the time that everyone was like, ha, ha, coronavirus, hand sanitizer, right, wash right. your hands. And it's like, I look back and I'm like, thank God it didn't, it didn't take her away. Because, right. holy cow. <laughs> yeah. So, um, unpopular opinions, you know, everyone's got them. As long, I always say, as long as they're not hurtful, e.g. racist or homophobic, and there's no way that's happening over here, um, uh, you're listening to the wrong podcast if you, if you ever have an idea <laughs> like that. Um, my unpopular opinion right now um, is just that um, you can't be advocating for equality and all rights if you are basically stripping trans people of their own rights. Um, and uh, I feel like we should be allowed to live, be, be who we are, and then everyone should have the same equal rights. I, that's still how I'm feeling. Um, I usually say cantaloupe's trash, but I did think of one while we were talking. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, what, what are yours? <laughs> um, mine are kind of, kind of this, similar to yours. Um, I guess the, the best way to say it would be you can't claim that you're not uh racist xenophobic transphobic you can't claim that you're something if you uh, if you are i don't know how to, i don't know how else to, to mm -hmm. eloquently say that uh i mean just example earlier today one of my friends was talking about uh customer service people and you know how you call and it was like he said something to the effect of, uh, now I'm not racist, but- Oh no, uh-oh, you started like, with that one. You started with that it's one. Like you, if you start with that, guess what you are? Point, like full stop. If you have to say, I'm not racist. <sighs> Sorry, boo-boo. I wanna yeet you to the sun, literally. Yeah, it's like you, you, you just- Like, are. don't even say it. Like, you, we should have like, we should have like a button that you bleep it out, like beep. I don't want to hear it. Right. it. I mean, it's like the people that are like, oh, but I do have black friends. It's like, but you can still be a racist. You can right. still be transphobic. Like, right. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm from Georgia. We are incredibly behind. It's going to take a bit. It's going to take, it's it's gonna gonna take, take a, a bit. bit. You know, we, uh, <clears throat> we have a, a lovely governor who doesn't really believe in science. Um, <laughs> You know, he, he shut the state down once COVID hit and then three and a half weeks later just opened everything back up. Um, but, you know, it's, it's I, I always kind of say that Atlanta is its own little state within Georgia, mm -hmm. because if, you, if you're in Atlanta, it's, it's kind of its own little bubble. And then you drive an hour and a half north or an hour and a half south and you're like, oh, this is Georgia. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, 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 it's, you know, I'm born and raised here. I can fit in if I need to, but there are still times where I'll pull over to a little rest stop and be like, oof, maybe I shouldn't have my nails painted right now. Or we just put those in my pocket. Then, you know, talking like a deep Southern drawl just to try to fit in. Um, yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, I love Georgia. I love everything that it, it has to, I can't say everything, most things that it has to offer, uh, but it's incredibly behind when it comes to progression. But we're yeah. working on it. 
we flipped this bitch blue last year and we're gonna keep on trying keep on trying yeah no I'm glad that that's that's all progressing forward at least but yeah I mean uh we're 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 at least like people within our generation and younger they see it like the wool is not pulled over anyone's eyes anymore at least if you're paying no. attention um, right, right. And so I think I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the new generation of kids, even though Gen Z came for me and told me that I can't have a side part and skinny jeans. I, apparently they can't do those things anymore. Thanks, Gen Z. Um, uh, but, <laughs> but whatever, like, meanwhile, they're dressing like Peggy Hill um, on, you know. Right, right. Yeah, Peggy Hill. So I'm like, you should right. do side parts just because. I, I I actually used to have a side part because my bangs grew out because I had I had bangs I wanted to be such a scene kid I was such a loser in high school poor me I tried so hard to fit in I wanted to be so cool what I thought I looked like I looked terrible um but then I had to glow up it's fine uh so um but it, you know it's it's just funny to kind of you know just see what they think about us and they think we're old and they called um Fleetwood Mac the TikTok song and I was like ooh no they call Lady Gaga an oldie. Okay, I'll stop ripping on them. But um, what I will say is that they are very progressive about pronouns, yes. correctness. Um, yes. be, they're they're very. It's just a very woke ass generation behind us. We're. Yes. We, it took us a bit because we were raised by boomers essentially. So it's like, it's it's gonna take us a while to kind of undo a lot of that. But I'm glad that parents now are teaching their kids things differently and and they're and they're they're learning things in school differently they don't have the abstinence only program like we had they're learning actual things um about right. life well it's it's funny that you say that because it's it's you know my 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 father is 63 he is of that generation and growing up um you know it, it's the cats thing where he was like you know that's sung by a girl mm -hmm. uh, or he would tell me not to to cover my mouth when I chewed because that was girly. And then as you know, as, as life progressed and he became he became more informed and and educated on things. Uh, there was, I recall a time where we were just talking and he said, Have you ever considered being a drag queen? <laughs> I don't know. And <laughs> I I cannot ever recall a conversation with anyone where their their parent has encouraged them or suggested oh, like that. you go be a drag your dad good for that. that coming from, that? The, Do it. <laughs> from the same dad who 15 years prior was like don't do that that's girly mm -hmm. so yeah, it's it, you know it the the generation that's coming up behind us woke as fuck i'm glad that they're woke i'm glad that they are just shaking things up but i'm also glad that the older generation are, are starting to embrace mm -hmm. the the new norms yeah uh, you know things aren't as taboo yes. anymore yeah oh, i love so. that uh, I know you have a client coming up, so we're going to wrap this up uh, sure. and uh, I'm going to leave the floor to you to promote whatever you would like. Um, but before you do that, I just want to say thank you so much. This was so lovely. Um, I actually have a text, like I pulled up your phone number. I'm going to send you a text afterwards um, just so you have my number. And so if you want to like ever um, talk or call me or whatever, you're more than welcome. Uh, but I'm yes. so excited. Uh, thank you so much uh, for having me on this podcast. I like love your perspective. 
Um, and I love that you're just, you know, growing up, you've just been like, I'm doing this because I can. And I love that about you. And I, I hope my listeners got a lot of great insight from you. I sure, I'm sure they did. Um, and the bingo bunch is going to probably be so happy to hear this and learn more about you. Um, but yeah, so. take it away. I was listening to your interviews with, with Charlie and Greg, Gregory. Ah. Oh no, and, you did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, damn, they set a really high bar. No, everyone's good. Interesting. I had put this pressure on myself. I was like, okay, I've got to nail this interview with Bianca. <sighs> but I hope that I did well you enough. You did. You did. You did amazing. Perfect. Um, so this is the part where I promote stuff. Uh huh. You promote yourself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so my Instagram is Dylan Michael Fitness. That's spelled D Y L A N M I C H A E L and then fitness. Um, I do, if any of the, of your listeners are interested in getting into, you know, a, a fitness lifestyle, um, I do virtual training. I do in-person training. If anybody happens to be in the Atlanta area, um, or if they just have any questions about kind of where to start, nothing gives me more joy than, than having somebody say, Hey, would you mind help? It's like, yes, come on. Like, like, I will gladly help you out however I can, even if it's just answering questions about where to start, because we have to be stronger than our excuses. We have yes. to push forward. We have to continue to grow. So you can follow my Instagram. Uh, I post a lot of workouts there. I'll be posting more as time progresses. You'll see a lot of the things that I do with my clients. Um, and you can catch me every Sunday with the bingo bunch. Mm -hmm. Usually in the dark room that nobody can see. <laughs> the dark room. Well, the, the, the running joke is the lamp. Um, you know what? You know what? Let them figure it out. Let, the, let them get shamed for not knowing it's top and bottom row. Let them get it, shamed for not doing head, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Charlie. Did I just ruin the fun for you? Um, but yeah. again, Dylan, thank you so much. And thank of course, you. I'm going to put all of that information in the description so my listeners can follow you, find you. I hope that um, they reach out to you because you are so knowledgeable and also you're super cute and I'm sure they're wondering what you look like. So um, uh, thank you again. I'm so sad to like say bye, but I'm so excited that it's halfway through the week. So we're almost to bingo. I will see you, your beautiful face in four days. I know. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And to, get, to my listeners again, this was Please Don't Kick Me Out, the podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, obviously reach out to my lovely guest, um, Dylan, or if you want to give me a rating, subscribe, share, buy me a pizza, all of that's going to be in the descriptor. Um, please reach out. And if you want to be a podcast guest, the email is pdkmopodcast at gmail.com or go to www.pleasedon'tkickmeout.com. Thank you again. And Dylan, thank you so much. And I hope you have a great workout with your clients. Thank you, darling. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey. 
Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use P-D-K-M-O to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter p-d-k-m-o at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.